I think good sound design is super subtle, right? You, hopefully you don't even realize it's really uh, manipulating your emotions towards the film. The equipment's not the limiting factor anymore. Do something cool. In fact, I've been shooting handheld the last, like towards the end of last year and through this year. I think it kind of, it, it kind of fills that same gap of what we were calling like lazy filmmaking. Uh, I think it. you mean edgy. Yeah, edgy. You're just exactly. not cool enough for it, Bobby. Well, yeah, I just don't understand it. The overall impression we have from watching these films, guys, is like, I feel like the industry is going to another level. Let me get right in my bag. Uh, why you gonna try to get mad? Uh, everybody wanna keep up. Uh, don't you know I move too fast? Uh, I'ma zip zip right past. Uh, drip drip all on my swag. Uh, hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name's Jared and we're here, not live. We're here recording. Kind of live. Kind of live. Uh, here in Vegas uh, for WPPI. Uh, it's going to be an awesome week. We're going to be doing some awesome interviews, so make sure you tune in and uh, check this series of interviews out. Uh, but we wanted to do one because we have Bobby here, live in we're person, in the house. It's live. It's yes. live because we're all together. Yeah, it's live because we're all here in person, which uh, this is, my this is the first. This is my badge. Oh, I don't have my badge. I wanted to keep it on just to prove I'm at WPPI. Yeah, If yeah. this gaudy, actually beautiful room here at the wind doesn't tell you, that we're at Vegas, this will definitely tell you. Yes, yes, because obviously we couldn't open our windows to show you the beautiful mountains of Vegas, so, uh, you know, Jason had to wear his lanyard. <laughs> Which I'll take off now because it's making a noise. I was going to say, yeah. yeah <laughs> you're going to love that audio. Um, but guys, we, uh, we have Bobby here today, and we wanted to just kind of have a conversation and talk about um, some of the trends, really, in the industry um, that are happening. I think this is always a time where, like, Jason and I kind of look at our work and we're like, you know, what are the industry trends? Like, what are people doing? What did people do last year with COVID weddings? And just yeah. where is our whole industry going? Is it time to kind of, you know, take a deep breath and look at what everyone else is doing? It's well, it's like almost like a revival, right? Of yeah. the whole thing of the wedding industry is like, and I'm noticing people are, I think, mostly positive, right? People I feel like are going yep. at this, like you can tell like people are excited to get back to work and <clears throat> inspired and they were just, maybe we needed a break, who knows? Mm -hmm. It's true. And this was somewhat inspired by this morning, right? I mean, we were we were watching some of the, the oh, yeah. live reviews, the WPPI reviews, yeah. films. They're and, contests. Yeah, sorry, contests. And just kind of, you know, you can sit in on that. And so, uh, you know, looking at just things that we were seeing in that even, like consistently trends, you know. Between the stuff we do, Wedding Film School Live, and seeing that, and of course being part of Facebook groups, I, I think I'm, we're noticing some trends, yep. and we're noticing some things. So today we're going to be... Good and bad. Yeah, so today we're going to say one trend we love, one trend we hate, from, I would say, the newly reinvigorated wedding industry. But before we get into it, I was just wanted to point out that no matter what we say, I think the overall impression we have from watching these films, guys, is like, I feel like the industry is going to another level. Yeah. I don't know if that's a trend, but. It could be a trend. We yeah. say that. Yeah. Uh, I Bonus was, trend. Yeah. I would Bonus say the, like. the last time uh, we were here, Jay, the, Bobby, this is your first time. The last time we were here was, was two years literally ago right before COVID really hit. The week, it was the I think. End, the week before. It was the end of February 2020. And so I would say since we uh, were uh, here in Vegas then, 
to what the industry is doing now, there's definitely some, some I, I would say it's a trend of quality, really. Um, you see kind of the, the filmmakers that people are trying to replicate, some of their maybe editing practices, maybe the cameras that they're using, techniques that they're using. So, um, you know, I think what we were noticing in these films were like, hey, I'm seeing a lot more of this. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people try to do this, this, and this. And these are really good filmmakers. Yeah. Like the quality, the level of, of just expertise and mastery that filmmakers that I hadn't even heard of before um, are producing is, is really um, taken to the next level. So, so why don't we get into the trends really quick and, sure. and we'll each start with one trend we love, one trend. Let's start, what do you want to do? Love or hate first? Well, mine is kind of, um, you know, two sides of the same coin a little bit. And why don't we? My, so, but mine is the best one. So why don't we start with mine? <laughs> we'll first? start with yours. Because, I, so I'm noticing a lot of people, and this was a couple of years ago, but now I'm seeing it just much more widespread, is the use of Foley work, sound effects, and kind of audio engineering, right? Would Which, you call it sound design? Sound design, yeah. Um, I, I would say you're seeing it a lot more, and uh, I think it's because people like Alex, people like Henry have really kind of mastered it and int introduced the wedding world um, to these sound effects, which just kind of brings films to the next level. Um, so you're seeing a lot of other people start to, to emulate some of that work, um, which can be really good, but at the same time, so that's when done poorly, you love, or that's one, one trend I love. I do love it because I think when you use it really well, um, it takes the film it to the next level. It just elevates a film yeah. to the next level. When there's thoughtful, intentional, tasteful yes. sound design. And yes. you guys, like, I'm trying to think back. Obviously, you mentioned Henry and Alex yep. as two big contributors to that kind of movement. I'm trying to think, like, before them, like, even the big name people, I remember, you know, five, ten years ago or whatever, like, I mean, I guess Henry and Alex were doing it then, too, but yeah. maybe weren't as well-known or something. Henry wasn't like, even making films. Or, yeah, maybe ago. Henry wasn't. But, like, I don't remember, or let's say ten years ago, right? Like, the big names that I remember from, that, from then, I don't remember sound designing any of them. No, yet. I actually like, think... I don't think it was a thing. I think, because you still hear, like, there's always, like, the, a stream of people that are, like, you need a good story. And what they mean is... Lots of sound bites. Yes. And so anything that's not organic from the day is like, mm -mm, yeah. it's not real. And like, there's that person. And yeah, I remember like ambient audio. Yes. Like, oh, the blow dryer or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The hair salon. But like, I don't remember like crafting Cinematic sound design. Sound design. Yep. Like Music video, commercial, like Hollywood style sound design. Yep. Which <clears throat> obviously, it. it's not for everyone, but I would agree with you that like, I think the industry as a whole is now like, how do we mic people? Okay, we know how to do that. How do we capture audio from a sound system? Most people know how to do that. Like, how do we not blow out the audio from the sound system? Most people, like, I think the industry as a whole has a like cumulative core competency yeah. of capturing event audio. And now they're like, do you include, because I, I might like break this, but in terms of like what you're hearing and enjoying, obviously there's sound design like, sound effects, including, I would include ambient audio in that. Using sound as part of your storytelling. Of course, the sound clips, the, the old school sound design. But would you include mixing well as part of that? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, I think 
what you're able to do now is a lot more complicated due to gear and due to you know what's out there. Uh, even the audio tools are so much more accessible, even yeah. in post-production. Yep, yep. And then you have masters like Ryan Coda teaching us how to do things a lot better. Um, so I, I think the wedding film industry has definitely paid more attention to that side of things. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. It used to just be, Oh, sound design was just how much sound bites you incorporate in your film and how they play with each other. I like music video that style. Was considered, I like narrative style. That was considered sound design. Um, and, and yeah. Well, I, that I was think, like the extent of it. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and now it's a lot more thought out. And, and what is really, I think good sound design is super subtle, right? You, hopefully you don't even realize it's really uh, manipulating your emotions towards the film, right? And, and when it's done well, um, you hardly notice it. Well, and it's not just like show a picture of a crow, make a crow sound. Yeah. It's no. like, like there's a whoosh. The use of risers and, and that yeah. kind of stuff in the background to like elevate or whatever even point you're trying to make in a film. Making a custom score yep. using stems, l like syncing songs together, keeping like yep. the way we're working with music is a part of it too. Yep. 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 Definitely. Definitely. You know, but I, and as a part of that same kind of coin, I would say a trend that I noticed today was the downside of that. This is when, the trend you hate. This is the trend that I hate and starting to hate a little bit, which is, you know, you see wa a waterfall or whatever, and it's just like so over the top <laughs> and obviously not the sound effect that was In actually. Your face, you're like beat over the head with it. Exactly. That's what I said. It was that while I was watching some of these films, I was felt like I was like being beat over the head with just yeah. sound effects. And it was like not very, um, you know, when you watch a film, you don't want to be taken out of the film to be like, that's not real. Yeah. Like, ugh, yeah. so, like, what is this person thinking? But do you think that's some of like, do you think that's more, I mean, obviously we talked about everything that goes into it, but it's, so it's not the effects itself, yeah. but it's probably the mixing more because it's too loud. Yes. It's starting and ending yes. with the exact clip. As, as long as you see the waterfall, you hear it and there's no yeah. back end or front end of that. Yes. Like, yeah, it is. I think it is mixing. I think yeah. you're right. I think if, if honestly, if they were like and probably literally decision making in general, but yeah, yeah if, if it was half the volume and you hardly noticed it, but it made you feel like you were there a little bit, um, you know, choosing sound bites, I think that's important. But also, what does the mix feel like? I, I think just mixing in general is hard for videographers. Yeah. I think the thing I notice uh, within the vein of poor sound design is. When they have, for, when they can't decide first and foremost, is this surreal or ultra real, right? So they're, they, if surrealism can actually, you can do a lot more with like non-matching sounds. It's like, like if you just rewind your film and you go, and you make a noise like that, you're not trying to show, make, make the noise of your film rewinding. You're just trying to make a feeling of rewinding. Yes. Yeah. But when you show a picture of a of a giant waterfall and then clearly the soundbite is from a trickling fountain. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like they have missed. So it's like, you're trying to do something realistic. You're trying to make me feel like I hear the fountain. You're not trying to just put a riser in Yeah. or do like something. That. That's two like very different. It's like, that's what bothers goals. me is if yeah. I see a bird, I'm like, that's not the sound that I, I was watching one shot today. There's a bike going down a road. Yeah. And they had a sound effect. It was like, it was like just clearly yeah, some yeah. post-production sound effect that they thought matched. Yeah. And they did two things wrong. The first was the sound was wrong. The three, I guess. The second was that it was too loud. The 
third was that they did not make it fade out as it got farther away from the camera. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And so there was like, that right there was a good idea executed poorly. So once you oh, start- once, just slapped on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if you're gonna get into sound design, you have to start thinking of space, yeah. distance, like something like, um, there's no reverb. Yeah. There's no like, there's no sense of the room you're in. So like, it, it it's very advanced. Yeah. And like, it, when you start getting into, especially trying to imitate the noise of certain things, and like you can get away with like a subtle like, say you like didn't capture, you're doing a shot of a golf, like the groom hitting a golf ball with his bros. Yeah, the golf. And doing like, a shot of a golf. I'm doing a shot of a golf. <laughs> what, what, I hope I get to do What would that even be? A golf of Mexico? I hope I get to do some shot of a golf later this week. Yeah. <laughs> the golf of Mexico. Yeah. No, you're doing a shot of someone swinging uh, a golf club. They hit the golf ball, and <laughs> the thing it. goes, you know, it makes a whoosh yeah. click sound. You know, does that have to be super well perfect? No, especially if it's not too loud. Yeah. When you start showing very complex sounds, like water, you're dealing with textures of it. What is it hitting? Is, is it hitting it more water? Is it, is it hitting is rocks? It? How much water? How big are the droplets? And I see like people where I'm like, this is a little over your head. You should have just go put your camera next to it and recorded that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's two things though that I would say kind of on that topic is one, you know, with it being newer, right? Like most people, even like I don't do a whole lot of sound design in my films. I've started to a little bit more, but like, so I think there is some amount of that where it's like, look, this is a newer concept in wedding films and people are figuring it out. Yes. So there, I think like bad is still bad, but that is like, I think why it's bad. Is well, it's just newer for people. that leads me into my trends because I think what you're really bringing up is something that I love. One trend I love yes. is the accessibility to better equipment, cheaper solutions, you know, whether it be an audio post-production, I mean, like we're looking here, we're recording this on a Mix Pre 3. This is $600. This thing is incredible. It's like a whole studio that you carry around with you. Yeah. We have these great cameras, like the amount of stuff that people, it's just so much easier to make really great work. And I feel like people are finally taking in, uh, taking advantage of that and producing, like pushing the boundaries a little bit. Like, so we're starting to see like the equipment get out of the way mm -hmm. and people are starting to try to be creative again because like they're not showing up and going like, crap, how do I even pull this off? This wedding is gonna be so hard and they're just kind of barely getting through the wedding day and you know, it's pretty good, but the equipment is limiting them and it's causing them so much distraction. They can't just create because equipment gets in the way. And I, I think we're at a place now where I'm starting to see like, because a lot of people aren't that technical. They're, they're fine, yeah. but that's not their main skill. They're not like at the core, they're not just technicians. They don't love equipment the way I do where I'm gonna dig into every menu. I wanna know everything back and front. They're, they're, they don't wanna do that. They wanna work with people. They wanna do portraiture, whatever it is that they wanna do. And I feel like it's a really cool thing. Like, and I think the films that we saw today are kind of evidence of that. Yeah. Like people just showing up and be and getting to make beautiful work with less the equipment's not a hindrance anymore. Yeah. I think one of the positive sides to equipment making our job a lot easier is just the flood of new people that mm -hmm. 
we've seen come into the wedding filmmaking industry, whether it's photographers or whether it's just people picking up a camera and just like, hey, I've always been creative, I wanna do this. Yep. Now they have the gear and the tools that make it so much easier than it was 10 years ago. Bobby, you started 17 years ago? Like 15, yeah. 15 years ago? Like how hard was it Remember working how hard Final it was? Cut Pro oh, so X no, or, or seven? Let, let seven, me just yeah, like outline how hard it was for people. Like, because I think you're making a good point. It's like people who would have otherwise been intimidated and rightfully so are able to come and share their voice. Yep. And so you're in, in the works that they're doing is acceptable to great, right? Yeah. With so much less work. When Jared and I first started wedding filmmaking and many people will never remember this day, we actually had, what was it, 12 minute record time? Yeah. Yep. yep. 5D 12, Mark minute, II. 12 minute record times yep. on okay. 5D Mark IIs. We would We'd have to rotate. Set a timer. Keep on and watch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we'd run around the room and go on a cycle. Yeah. Um, we had no gimbals. So we had none of that. Yeah. We, we had a steady cam for a We had bit. no autofocus. So we would yeah, have no to. Yeah, We would so have to set. Kind of pointless anyway. So if we did our. If we did like. We, we, we would try to get crazy and yeah. do some of this stuff. But all you'd have to do focus. is set everything to infinity focus and. Like, we had a Kessler crane. Yeah. Yep. Like, I still have mine. Travel, yeah. I think we do too. But yeah. like, audio hasn't really changed that much, to be honest. Now they've had 32, mm. but I don't I really. I think there are some things that are easier now. Like, because before it was all like the H4N. And but yeah, like that's. Line levels, you had to have an attenuator. Which yeah. Do you, do, you remember, do you remember the battery, I, the battery I, I life on the H4N? issues. 10 years ago than I do now. And I don't know if that's gear related or my I think now. it's gear related. Remember the Probably H4N? When you would record on the H4N, the battery life was awful on it. And then when it would die, it would corrupt your file. Yeah. Yes, Nowadays, it will yeah. close your file and then turn off. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just a little thing. But like all these things, there was no lighting you could really bring until the like data light came out. Yeah. And like, so yeah. for the first like four years of my career, we had no lights. Yeah. We would never light anyone. So. Maybe more, who knows? But regardless, my point is only to say, we got we made acceptable work with what we were able to work with at yeah. the time. It was so hard. You had to, like when people, I literally see people and they're like, I'm still working on manual focusing. And I kind of laugh at the person because I'm like, come on. like. But then I'm looking and I'm like, this person is never manually focused. Yeah. And their films are pretty good. Yep. And they don't even know how to do this skill that I consider to be basic and was essential. Yeah. And so that leads into the thing I hate, which is lazy filmmaking because it's so easy. Yeah. I see a trend of like, come on, the equipment's no longer a hindrance. The equipment's not the limiting factor anymore. Like, do something cool. Like I shot a film the other day where I, they sent me the wrong freaking equipment to my rig. So I shot the whole thing on some old cannons last Saturday. And I've, the limitations were real. <laughs> like I remember like going like, I cannot shoot as good. Yeah. Or yeah. shoot the same stuff. I mean, it's fine, it was fine. But like I look back and I'm like, I'm starting to think about the films I've been making this year and some of the things I've been able to do with better equipment that I've always wanted to do and I feel like we're making better films this year than we ever have because we've upgraded our cameras. And I think if the industry, and I think they are responding, but I will say I've noticed like a trend of just like the guy who walks around in the gimbal all day. Yeah. Yep. 
you know. Do you think it? That. Do you think the the laziness is more on the shooting side or more on the editing side? Or both? probably both. Probably both. I, I think mainly the shooting side is what I notice the most because I feel like some people just aren't good editors, so I'm not sure if they're lazy or not. Because editing yeah, is it's hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to know like where they're at, and because like you can see like, hey, you were on the gimbal all day. Yeah. You never switched your lenses. Mm -hmm. Whatever. And Whereas maybe they're the just in love. Maybe lazy is the wrong word. Like I would call it lazy filmmaking, but it, it's maybe lazy it's, filmmaking. But it's not because they're lazy. It's because they're. I mean, they might choose that and defend that. So lazy might not be the best word for it because it might be that they're just not that skilled. Maybe yeah. they. Maybe they're just like really excited about yeah. the gimbal. I mean, I um, think we call it lazy from the term lazy film. The films, but they end up being not what they could be. Like, I feel like it's easier to make a good film. I love that. And there are more good films, and I love that. Yeah. Because what that means for us financially as, as artists and as professionals is that we get to charge more for our work. Uh, more people will see it and love it, and it will just break stereotypes, all that. As an artist, because financially speaking, the, the stuff is good enough. The lazy films are probably 10 times better than they would have been 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. So it's hard for me to, like, to get too critical, because I'm sure a lot of these people love these films. But as an artist, I look at it and I'm like, you, if you're shooting with this Canon R5, great, you did some gimbal work. Why didn't you adapt and do a little handheld in the appropriate moment? Or why didn't you switch your lenses ever? Or why didn't you like, yeah. just things that I, I know this film could have been so much cooler if they would have actually been really thoughtful. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about that, Jared, but I've noticed, I, I do notice that even in today's edits, I was like, Half of those edits were, I won't say who, but they're just ripoffs of one other person in our industry. Yeah, I would say the thing that I notice, and, and if we're talking about like laziness, and, and again, I don't, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but like I, a lot of times I'll just see like a wobble of a camera move at the end of the shot, and I'm like, why don't you just, just T-shift that over a little bit? Yeah. And I don't know if that has to do with like just not knowing that that's a bad shot and that they should get rid of that extra camera wobble at the end of the shot or like do you notice that a lot yeah like, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, why didn't you just call like, it out a lot i feel like on, on the, our reviews yeah yeah there definitely. are these things that like because the gear is so good and this is like specifically the thing i hate and the thing the trend i hate is the gear being so good that people don't need to get that good mm -hmm. to pull yeah. out a pretty good product so you're noticing like very basic crap that they can't do properly yeah like and it, and like it's Good enough because, to sell, but it's like... they never had to deal with that in a lot no, of ways. Like, yeah. manual fo like, if you're missing focus, it's like, well, it's because you've had a camera that's had decent autofocus your entire career. I'll see people with pretty good films, and then they'll have a film on, like, a bad day, and they'll submit it. And I'll be like, your white balance is all over the place. What the heck? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't really... I'm not that good at that. We're being thrown into harder situations where it's like, hey, you could shoot your first 10 weddings at... A nice venue with good light and they sound like no old men, like it, old old. I, I, I was gonna say like this 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 subject is hard for me to really nail down because people's experience level is all over the place. Yeah. So it's like someone who's just starting in the industry, like I don't want to crush that person and be like you're lazy, <laughs> like yeah. get no, better. I, mean, I think we've said lazy. I don't think it's the right word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I I do feel like um, you know if you're starting out like. Certain people today scored really well because they just were very consistent and they were professional. Yeah. Like, like they were great at the shots they were getting 
and it wasn't anything over the top. They didn't have to be Alex Douglas with their edits, but they just put together a really solid film. Yeah. And that's what I would say a lot of us should be working towards is just excellence in the basics. Right. Well, that was, I mean, uh, I feel like, didn't they go around, they asked everybody, and I think Henry was the one who said, like, it was like one thing that you would tell a filmmaker, period, yeah. not any specific filmmaker. And yep. his was uh, that it was better to execute a basic idea yeah. extremely well yep. than to execute a difficult idea in, like, mediocrity. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know the exact word. And I think that can go back to well, the and audio And I think that is yeah. really what I'm yeah. getting at, is, like, I see these things where it's like the gimbal moves are all over. Like there could be some really great stuff because the gear allows them yep. to. And they're like, yeah, and they're all it's excited. It's more like polarizing. They're ex- instead of being solid and consistent throughout, you have this like some amazing stuff. Yeah. And then you have like a second camera where the colors don't match at all. Yeah. Or like yeah. something random. They, like- they're really excited about the sexy things and they don't do their fundamentals. And maybe that's yeah. what I mean by lazy, yeah, yeah. lazy filmmaking is like, we're kind of skipping because the cameras are so good. They don't force you to learn fundamentals, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to actually learn how to tell good stories because you have a drone and you don't have to. And I think like yeah. the industry will reject that, by the way. And I think like you'll start to see a strata, which is this is actually probably a good thing. Bonus thing I love. <laughs> what will actually end up happening is like the gear will start to everyone's films will look good, but some people's films will be good. Yeah. And the things that will be good will give you the ability to charge even more. And that's great. Uh, I, I, I think I see what you're saying because like, I remember when we first got good gear, right? We've got an L series yeah. lens with Canon, yeah. you know, 50 millimeter 1.2. And we were like, this is a great lens. And we say it all the time. Like we would shoot like elf on the shelf, like be <laughs> like super 1.2 depth of field and be like, this is a good shot. So cinema. Yeah. So well, cinematic like, looking. And you're like, this is great because I can do this with a piece of gear. But that was lazy of us because it doesn't tell a good story. It's like we let the piece of gear be the thing that we're excited about and not the actual storytelling. Well, well I think right? it's what did differentiate for a time. Like, I think we're going in this cycle where I think t- 15 years ago, let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah you were separating yourself by telling a story because yes. a lot of people were only doing music videos. Yeah. Or just weird 50-minute. Or just weird, yeah, like shoulder, like old school, right? So this wave of people came in, they used audio, they used whatever, they told stories, and then all of a sudden everybody started doing that a couple years later. And then the thing that set you apart was, hey, there's there's like, I can make a a video gear, like the Canon T2i and the Nifty 50 and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, and then there's like... I'm making very cinematic, like I'm making very nice, like probably the first wave, apart. the first wave of gimbal people. Yeah, who yeah. could, for, yeah, like all first. that stuff, like that, it set you apart. Yep. And now because gear has gotten so cheap, cheap we're good. back to where kind of all that gear is kind of the same level again, no matter, doesn't matter if you're shooting Sony or Panasonic or Fuji or Canon or yep. Nikon or whatever. We've seen good films with all of yeah. them. We've seen, yep. seen bad films with all of them. Yep. And now what's going to set you apart again is being that actually good and, and yes. being a good film. But I, I do think I hate the trend where I talk to someone and they don't know how to manually focus. Yeah. They don't know how to white balance their cameras. They don't. It's just like I hope people. I hope I hope we can be a part of helping yeah. that improve. Yeah. Because I agree. I look at well, that and I. Speaking of that. Yes. My trend that I like is not really with films themselves, but you said you know I hope that we can be a part of of uh, you know helping people make better films, whatever. So my thing that I really like with this industry right now is like, I feel like this community 
of like wedding filmmakers is at like that sweet spot where it's just like it's ex like there's always things that can be better or we can do better or whatever but like there are a, you know a, a good amount of like solid people men and women who are educated in the industry we have i think there's like this just bond of people like you know like we have like wedding filmmakers who are friends yeah or like we were i mean we we're nobody to yeah. each other for a while. Now we're friends. Yeah. And now we're doing this together. And so like, yeah. you know, there's like this community aspect that just, I feel like wasn't as much there. And now, you know, wedding filmmaking is not a big, like, it's not a big group of people, especially yeah. doing it like, you know, full time or anything like that. It, as you, you know, introduce more stipulations, it gets smaller and smaller, yeah. but it is bigger than it was. I mean, yeah. more weddings have it, which is nice. So I think like, you know, now we're at that number, even though it's still very small and there is that really small, like tight knit community feel to it. We also are at that number where we can have like, you know, we have Vision Quest. We have like, there are things built for wedding film. Yeah, the industry is, cool. is moving just beyond just, um, no, and this is great by the way, so it's not a knock on this, yeah. but yeah. like, we had one event, the Ray Roman workshop, yeah. or like, or like which, still motion went around for yeah, a like bit. those are cool things, and now it's more like there are industry, they're like we have like a bunch of people. There who are, are options who are known. Then there, of course, there's like people who they're not necessarily educators, right? Yeah. But they're people we, you know, and we all know the people on the forums and the boards, and and like yeah. people are actually forming real relationships. Yes, so you exactly. can join this community and actually glob on to not just information or inspiration, but you can glob onto relationships. Yeah. And I think, well, I think people are just way more open right now too. And, and some of that might be like, because the gear is all like, there are a lot of things that have changed where I, you know, I wouldn't say that it was ever like hyper cutthroat, but I think there is more community aspect to it now than there ever was. Yeah. I think everyone likes each other in this industry yeah. a lot. I do love seeing the different branches of wedding filmmakers now. Like there's a really great like women's wedding filmmaker group on Facebook yeah. where they just talk about like we've so we've this heard is a we're safe not, we're not we haven't seen for ourselves. We haven't we're not been invited. But, <laughs> they won't let us uh, in. Yeah. But um, there are really good groups like how to film weddings is a good community. The good WPPI group. crew is a crew. Is a crew, yeah, yep. Vision, yep. Quest, Vision crew, Quest crew, yeah. uh, the Venture crew. Like there, there are look, certain adventure what's there Rick type do people. Yeah, with their yep. uh, wedding film retreat. Yep. There's, yeah, exactly. There's yeah, there's, there's communities like that. that you can latch onto, and like I remember when we first were starting in the industry, Jason. Like we were like, yeah, we don't know anyone. We don't really care to know anyone because there's no one I, I would really want to know. It was like Ray Roman, and then I saw Ray Roman's workshop, and I was like, dude, he is like. God, like, no way you know, we could ever, no way I that. could ever, you know, I don't even know if I would feel comfortable going to that <laughs> workshop. And now it's like Ray Roman calls Jay all the time. And just like, you know, like Ray calls Jay, you know, Alex is calling us and so have the bouncing ideas. It's just like, it's a really good community. And it's just like, Hey, we're, we're actually a bunch of friends. And like, literally these are people that we didn't, we didn't know Bobby two years ago three years yeah. ago so if i get a random love each other love each other yeah yeah there's yeah. like real love and real respect yeah. and i think that's creating a just good vibes which yep. is always good yep. but better films and yes it's better films ultimately and it's like it's very good in what can be a very uh lonely career path yes. i would say yeah i would say yeah. so yeah when i see 
you know, between getting drunk calls from certain people who <laughs> remain nameless, <laughs> or more than a few people have gone called me, <laughs> or like getting a random text from Sharon, who she'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't texted you in a while. How are you? Yeah. yeah. And just like, it's nice to have that. It's nice to have yeah. friends. And like, I, do, I, I think we pointed out to say, um, we're all human beings. Yep. And if you want to get involved in a community, I feel like at one point, I'd be like, wedding filmmaker. When we first started wanting to do wedding pros, we had the premise that wedding filmmakers were weird and we had to help them. <laughs> like, we were like, we need to start this thing because yeah. these people have no social skills and they're just weird and they're killing their careers by being weird. I still feel like we tend to skew weird. But I think the more I get to know these people, the more I'm like, well, some are still weird, of course, but many of these people are wonderful. Yeah. Very yeah. nice people. Yeah. And actually like really cool to hang out with and like friends like yeah. friends yeah. and it's just cool and so i just i think that is a really cool trend and i'm glad you pointed that out because it's not just about the technical side we're yeah. human beings yeah. so if you're at home and you're watching this and you're like oh i could never be friends with bobby burns you know you can be you can be i've got news for you all you have but to do wait, there's more you i can know also be friends with jay and jared it's it's as easy as being involved at a Facebook yes, group. Sure. Like yeah. it's as easy as that. And just like, you know, con the person. people that contribute to the community get the most out of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it might be, it by the way, that might change as the industry evolves. Like yeah. this is a sweet spot to get involved because like my guess would be like, if you want to hang out with KT Mary, that's not going to go so well for you. Yeah. Like yeah. these people, as the industries develop and people monetize their relationships, mm -hmm. They start to figure out like, oh, you want me to talk to you? Yeah. You have to buy an account. I mean, we're I'm not quite there, yeah. but like with how busy I am, like I can imagine that that is where we start heading. I yeah. don't think that's bad because that gives people at the top more ways to make a living besides yeah. just shooting. But I think if you want to get involved right now is a perfect time. Yep, and, for sure. And to your point, Bobby, like at the end of the day, it makes you a better filmmaker. I know mm -hmm. for me personally, I'm such a better filmmaker after having conversations, well, intimate conversations, conversations with filmmakers who are so Quest. much better than yeah. me, so much better than me. Yeah, Vision Quest yeah. was a huge place that I was just like, oh my God, these people are amazing. Yeah. How do you do this? How, how and just get getting into their heads. Mind melt. Yeah, like, and, and well, not everybody, some cocktails. you can't make excuses when you realize someone else isn't making that same excuse. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like you're like, oh, I couldn't do that better because of this and this yeah. other person's yeah. like, I had to nail that shot of the waiter putting the food down. Yeah. So I waited there for 15 and it's yeah. like, yeah, I guess I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and like that person's making more than me and they're doing it because they actually care enough about every one of their shots. Like yes. it's pretty cool. So what's the trend that you hate? Trying to hate. So somewhat quickly here, cause it is kind of like piggybacking off of yours a little bit. I, so I really don't like, I guess it's, I guess it's lazy filmmaking, but I have a few, hold on. Let me see. What do I want to do? Would you guys rather I do handheld or would you rather do slow motion? Handheld. We could, yeah. you, we'll tag okay, on slow handheld. motion. At the okay. end. So, so Bobby, what's the trend that you hate? Yeah, so one of the trends that I really hate, and I, I definitely want to like dive into it or explain it a little bit, is handheld filmmaking. Because I don't, I don't inherently dislike handheld. In fact, I've been shooting handheld the last, like towards the end of last year and through this year, at least one of my cameras. But I think it kind of, it, it kind of fills that same gap of what we were calling like lazy filmmaking, where 
There can be two. There's two sides. Uh, I of think it. you mean edgy. Yeah, edgy. You're just exactly. not cool enough for it, Bobby. Well, yeah, I just don't understand it. It must be the issue. But I think like <laughs> there is very, very good handheld filmmaking. Um, I used to, I used to, hate, I used to just across the board hate handheld shots, um, and now I don't mind them. And I see like I, I've seen them used so well, but they're still really bad handheld. Where you're just like, I'm gonna shoot handheld because I want to, which I guess is fine, but like, if there's no purpose behind it and you're not doing it well, it's just like... Well, like, it's a function of IBIS. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If you don't know what that, that is... my camera is, in, you know, image stabilization, so yeah. in, I can do In body image, image stabilization. Yeah. And you can. It, you can do it way now. better. But yeah. there's still people, there's A, there's people relying on that to replace a gimbal and doing gimbal moves with that. And it just looks like, I, it just looks bad. It's always. not good. It never looks good to me. Yeah, I have, uh, a, I have a similar, in terms of the handheld thing, it's a little different angle of what I hate about it, which yeah. is like, first of all, the people who do it all the time will be the first ones to tell you they do it all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, you're <laughs> awesome. You shoot handheld. Oh, all handheld, all handheld. Hey, here, who in this group shoots all handheld? It's like, guys. <laughs> but that's aside. What I, from, in terms of the films it produces, what I don't like is that those people cannot, if you're shooting handheld all the time, and I'm sure there's someone who's going to tell me, I do 85 mil all day. Yeah, yeah. shoot my 70 to 200 handheld. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my second shooter on that BTS was 70 to 200 handheld. No, no, I've but, done I've done 70 to 200 handheld, and you can you can do it, yeah, but like. But that's not typical. You either. tend to find a 35 millimeter yep. focal length all day, yep. and you have all these films that look exactly alike, and like the edits look. Well, it's like the shots within them. They can't even just... produce like any dynamics in their film because there's no compression, there's no bokeh. They're not dreamlike. They're so ultra real. And then, of course, the biggest thing is cut to cut to cut to cut. Everything looks the same because they are only shooting on. And like when you actually like break away from handheld, you get on a gimbal or a stabilizer or even tripods or monopods, you're opening yourself up to like very compressed focal lengths. Yeah. And I love having the in out. I like having that it's change in variety. their edit. And I don't like when I watch the films where I'm like, I can tell the person was on the same lens all day. Yep. I know people who do it. Like, Forge of the North is a good example. He's pretty much on one or two lenses all day, all handheld. But he's so thoughtful about the... He doesn't view handheld as like, this is a cool thing. He goes like, I need to fix some of the problems with handheld shooting by how I approach yeah. shooting. And so it, it can, it, you can overcome it. Yeah. Well, it's like it's the same thing with like gimbal. It's like you run around with one lens, or you just run around without a plan. And what it is really is like unintentional or uninspired filmmaking, and that could be gimbal or handheld, yeah. where you're just like along for the ride, and you're not leaning into the way that you're shooting. And maybe this is like just our opinion. I just tend to think like a flat film where everyone's shooting 35 mil the whole time. I notice it really a lot and I don't like it. And I think well, that's I a think, function of I think the reason is because it's not intentional. It's because I don't want to switch my lens or because this is how I get the most stable handheld or whatever. Yes. It's not because I want this to be shot on a 35 millimeter lens. And I want this next shot on that too. I, I have two thoughts when it comes to handheld um, shooting is, one, the people's handheld shooting that I like the most oftentimes aren't using IBIS at all, mm. using black magic cameras. So it has a natural 
I think a much more natural feeling handheld yeah. shot, which is like a natural like. Well, they have to like sway. lock themselves down too. When you do IBIS, it's essentially you know you're smoothing all that handheld motion out. It's almost like I think you're right, Bobby. People do try to make it like when I use it personally, I am trying to kind of do like a mini parallax gimbal shot. Oh, a twenty that. degree, a but twenty I've seen degree. People who are like, I'm gonna like take four steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. Like, and wow. and I've tried to teach our guys. Like, I'm gonna do a slider across this whole. Table. Your 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 rule, right? Tell yeah. tell them what your rule is, and then I'll hop into my second my one point. One step rule. Yeah, your one step yeah. rule. There's just not a handheld or gimbal. There's just outside of a tracking shot, yeah. outside of like I'm following the couple as they hold hands. I just don't see any need for taking more than one step. Even that, like sometimes I'll just like get a wide stance and just shift my hips from one side to the other. Like you can get so much movement. I will that. say. Gimbals, sometimes you have to do push-ins for like epic ballrooms. And yeah, but, that's true. I, but, like I said, that's but a with handheld, shot, though, I feel like, basically. But with handheld, but, well, yeah, it's true. For all intents and purposes, yeah. it is. But with handheld shooting, I would agree, like, you can do, like, I have seen people who very intentionally walk with a subject, and they really try to make it look, they're very good shooters. Yeah. You're moving into a level of, like, but oftentimes when you do that, most people don't need to do you, that or can't. When you're walking, I feel like you have to have a heavier rig. Most people just don't have a heavy enough rig to make it look natural. Uh, the second point I was going to bring up, and, and this is probably solving some of your issues, Jay, with handheld shooting, is moving your feet. Like if you are using a prime lens and doing handheld shots, you have to feel like you can get in there. I think a lot there. of filmmakers feel like I'm going to stay 10 to 12 feet away from my subject all day because that's what I feel naturally comfortable with. And you have to like, if you're gonna do that, you have to move your feet and actually get close yeah, get and also get far away and feel like you're getting a bunch of different shots with the same lens and know what shots really make your lens yeah. sing. And if you're doing that, lengths. then you're being intentional. Exactly. And I, my opinion, 50 millimeter is the perfect focal length for handheld shooting. Yeah, because it's shooting a little compressed 35. and you can back it up. I like 35 too. I think, like, you can do 85 during a portrait session and yeah. stuff. Like, but I want to see somebody who I personally want to see three focal lengths out of a handheld shooter. I don't want to see the same focal length all day. But I do agree with you. Many of the, if you're on a 50 mil, you can probably get away with only shooting on a 50 mil because it's such a flexible lens. But you should because, still be moving your feet. You, but, but you have to move your yeah. feet. Yeah. At that point, you got to be in, you got to be out. Because you can do intimate with a 50 mil, or you can get wide with a 50 mil. Like, you can do a lot. But I would agree with you. Many people are not moving their feet enough. So let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, so so what I want to hear is people at home is what are some of the trends that you're seeing coming out? Uh, what are some of the trends that you love? What are some of the trends that you absolutely hate, can't stand? There's a bunch out there, um, you know, and we want you to be a part of that conversation. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out everything that Wedding Film School has going on, all of the interviews that we're going to be doing this week. We're going to be doing some more of the three of us. We're also going to be doing uh, some with some guests this week as well. So hopefully, hopefully say, be, people say yes. Yeah, hopefully they do. They usually They're do. They're already here. Yeah. Uh, but um, make sure you're checking out the Facebook group, Wedding Film School. Um, we have a lot of good conversations like this in there, maybe healthy debates every once, yeah. every once in a while. Um, but, uh, and then you're checking us out on Instagram, YouTube, all the places that you can find podcasts and content like this. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Hopefully it's been helpful and we'll see you on the next time here on Wedding Film School.